It is Chaf Hey Elul, and it's the creation of the world. What? It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Tonight's not yet. It is. It's Chaf Hey Elul today. Tonight is the creation of the world, and with that, we are beginning a new parak of Ein Yakiv. New parak. Ein Yakiv. No, Yesh. Yesh Yakiv. There's one in front of you. No, that's a Mishnah. I don't know. Share with somebody. It's the second parak. And. Um, Baruch Hashem, as a group, we've now been through a lot of prakim of Ein Yaakov because we've done the entire Masechus Nadarim. We have. And uh, in addition to the entire Masechus Nadarim, we've now done a parak of Saita too. Something I've noticed that I've not found an explanation for is that when Saita, when, whenever Ein Yaakov begins a new parak, it gives you a little bit of Mishnah and Gemara that is not on the surface Agadah at all. My guess is that the idea of Ein Yaakov is not just to tell you Agadah, but also to give you kind of a, a way of holding through the Masechta. So it tries not to lose the halachic discussion entirely. The reason why I'm giving you this introduction is basically as an excuse to tell you that I don't have a whole lot of drush on these first couple entries, but we're going to go through them anyway. So we start with the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, So the Mishnah says that she would bring her mincha. This is again, remember, do you remember that Saita is about a Saita? We haven't talked about Saita for, we haven't talked about Saita for months. But Vesecha Saita is not just about the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Mesha's death and all these other interesting things. Saita is about a woman who we assume cheated on her husband. She goes into a closet with a guy and uh, there were witnesses saying that where her husband told her, don't go in the closet with that guy. She went in anyway. The witnesses maybe Maybe they were, maybe they were not witnesses. Somebody caught her on her way out of the closet. She says, nothing happened in the closet. It was an innocent visit in a closet with the guy you told me not to be alone with. Who has not been there, right? A lot of people have not been there. So the guy says to her, I don't believe you. I think stuff went on in that closet. So he takes her up to the, he takes her up to Harabayas and they do a procedure. And at the end of the procedure, she's going to drink a potion. If she's telling the truth, her life is going to be wonderful. If she's not telling the truth, her life is going to be short and also very, very bad. She's going to die. So we're back to the story of the Saita. The Mishnah says that she would bring her mincha. She had to bring a mincha offering. She had to bring a meal offering. She would bring it She would bring it in a sort of palm frond basket. People mistranslate this as an, as an Egyptian basket. It's not really a mistranslation. It's just a minority opinion in Rishenim. Rashi thinks that it's a basket made out of palm fronds, which are called like mitzirim. Anyway, yeah. Right. And she, so we take this Kfifa Mitzris and we put it on her hands. We make her carry it up the mountain. Today. Huh? There you go. Well, the reason why we give her this basket is we make her carry the basket in order to exhaust her. The Gemara says, Tanya. He says, why do we try to exhaust her? And this, uh, the, the Gemara is missing a lot of fun details here. We don't just give her the basket. I mean, the Enyakim is missing the details. The Gemara has it. We don't just give her a basket, make her carry a heavy basket. We also make her walk up and down the mountain like multiple times. The Gemara observes that if you watch where she's going, where she's coming from, and you map it out, she climbs up the mountain, goes down the mountain, climbs up the mountain, goes down the mountain. So the Gemara goes, why do we make her climb up and down a mountain carrying a heavy basket? And the answer is, we want to exhaust her. Why are we trying to tire her out? To make her tired? So that if she's lying, she will admit that she really did do this. Now, why do we want her to admit? What's the advantage to us? What's the advantage to her? That's the advantage to us is we don't want to raise Hashem's name, but that's not what the Gemara thinks the reason is. The reason is her. Right. If she's, if, if right now, if she, if she at this point confesses, she says, yeah, things happened in that closet. She's not getting the death penalty. There weren't witnesses in the closet. We can't give her the death penalty. She's going to lose her ksuba. She's going to get a fine. She's going to lose a lot of money. She's going to lose her marriage. She's going to lose her good name, but she's going to survive. 
If she is lying and she doesn't admit to it, she's going to die horribly in front of everybody. So we're trying to save her from dying. If you're guilty, we want to exhaust you enough that you're going to admit that you're guilty. If this is how much the Torah cares about people who have gone against the will of Torah, either through literally doing the wrong thing or through stiro, doing being alone with a person she shouldn't have been alone with. If this is the way that the Torah views somebody who does Avedas, imagine how much the Torah has mercy on someone who does God's will, someone who does mitzvahs. Okay? I don't have a lot to tell you there besides what it says, huh? Ah, that's actually Gemara Masachas Brachas, believe it or not. You asked Brachas. Masachas Brachas, he asked, why, would, why doesn't somebody go into the closet on purpose to get Brachas and then not do anything? Yeah. That's right. Um, that also, right, so that's a question that's brought in our Masechta, but the question that I was going for, I was going for the Chana story, which is Masechas Brachas on Chof. I think Daf Chof. Early on Masechas Brachas, Chana says that she's going to do this. Remember, Chana had trouble having children? According to the Gemara Masechas Brachas, she threatened her husband, said that if, if I don't get children the normal way, I'm going to go, I'm going to get steer, I'm going to get Kinoi from you, and I'm going to go have steer with someone. I'm going to go hide in the closet, not do anything, come out, what happens? She gets children. So uh, women, have, women have thought of this. <laughs> women have thought of this. Huh? He would have to give her Kinoi, yeah, okay. It's a good question with, uh, with a storied answer. Tanya, I'm Rabbi Shimon, Bedinu. Rabbi Shimon says, Bedinu, the following thing would be logical. We should make you put oil and levaina. I believe levaina is frankincense. Don't you love translations like that? Where we don't know the word in Hebrew and we don't know the word in English, right? Nobody knows frankincense, no one loans levaina, but somehow they're more comfortable when you translate it, you know? <laughs> so frankincense. You take Shemin, you take levaina. Huh? You take a picture of it to show people what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, have No, when, we, when you and I were learning Saita together, every time I said one of these weird words, you had a picture from Steinzalt, so exactly what frankincense <laughs> looks like. Anyway, so Shemin Levaina, we would think that we would put on the Minchas Chaita, we would think that somebody who sins, they bring a meal offering, make them pay for it. Shemin, oil's expensive. You guys buy oil lately? Oil, olive oil, it's expensive. Levaina, frankincense, you have any idea what frankincense goes for at Wesley Kosher? It's through the roof. Frankincense is <laughs> very expensive. So we would think that we would take a sinner, this sinner, we want to punish them, one great way to punish them, make them bring an expensive mincha offering, stack on the oil, stack on the frankincense, we don't want the chetet to benefit, yet the Torah says, don't make them bring shemen and levena on their mincha, why not, let's make them spend money. The answer is, we don't want, to have, we don't want their carbon to be nice. When a mincha comes with frankincense on it and with oil, it looks like a nice, it looks like a nice carbon. We want them to recognize that what they did was ugly and therefore what they're bringing is going to be ugly. So even though that actually saves them a little money, we don't want, we don't want, uh, we don't want their carbon to be mahudder. Ubedinu, another logical thing. We would think that a chatas chelev for someone who ate chelev by mistake should have nisachim, should also have wine libations with it. Once again, because we don't want people to benefit. This guy didn't have huh? Libation is another one of those words. Yeah, it means to pour something. A wine libation. Why don't we bring wine? We would think, make the guy, br- that's what frankincense looks like. Uh, Mendel has a picture. Okay, Google, Mendel and Google have a picture. So why don't we require it? Once again, so basically, at all times in Allah, we have sort of two forces working against us when it comes to how we decorate a carbon. On one hand, we don't want to decorate a carbon of a sinner. On the other hand, we don't want a sinner to benefit from not having to pay for the decorations. What we end up doing in both these cases is that we let the sinner get off the hook to not pay for it because we really don't want their stuff to look nice. When it comes to the chatas of Mitzayra and also for, uh, I'm sorry, and their asham, those do get nisachim because the person didn't do an Aveda there, so there's no reason not to decorate their carbon. 
There's a bunch of commentaries on why we don't have oil, why we don't have shema, why we don't have levaina on the minchaseta. I found a couple that are sort of interesting. They're all very interesting. I don't mean sort of. There's a lot of chassidus on it. We're going to do, we're going to do a mimer from the Rebbe and, uh, and a piece of a tzemach tzedek. So there is stuff there, but stay with me for now. We're going to stay away from chassidus to begin with. We have a tanchuma. The tanchuma in Parshas Nasi says that oil makes light. And the lashon in the tanchuma is kind of funny. The tanchuma's lashon is that she clearly doesn't like the light very much because she likes to hide the evil things she does. So oil makes light, right? Oil makes light. She likes closets so much you can't have any oil. That's the lashon tanchuma. If she likes going to dark places so much, no oil for you, okay? The tanchuma also says that Levena reminds us of the of the imahis of Sarif Godacha and Leah. He brings a pasuk that explains this, and I don't know what the pasuk, what the connection is between the pasuk and the imahis. But he says that the imahis always symbolize Levina. I trust him. He's the Tanchuma, Rabbi Tanchum. I trust him. Uh, he says that that reminds Hashem of the imahis and this woman. I don't know. And that maybe, right? Levaina, love. Hey, not a bad idea, Adam. Okay, I t- I'll accept it. I'll accept it. They come from love and Levaina. I have no idea. Anyway, Levaina reminds them of the Imah, reminds Hashem of the Imahis. And this lady, she did not act like Sarif, Garach, and Leah. None of them were ever found in closets with men that, they, that their husbands had autistic in plenty. There is a Chinuch. The Chinuch says that oil always rises to the top and she's being brought low and that oil honorably anoints kings and Kaihanim and she is not being honored today. So we are not bringing oil because oil is something we use to lift people up and she is not going to be lifted lifted up. Let's keep going. We'll do a little chassidus at the end. Where were we? Pisgah. He says, There's a lot of chassidus on this. The same way she acted like an animal, so too the carbon she brings comes from an animal. So once again, this whole time we're talking about the mincha seita, that is the meal offering of the seita. She has to bring this as a sacrifice as part of the seita procedure. We just said that on her mincha offering, she doesn't have oil and she doesn't have levena. One thing that she does have in there is she has to have some sort of grain. However, she does not have normal people grain. People eat wheat. People don't eat barley. If anybody ever tries to make you eat barley, tell them it's animal food. It's the truth. Animal food. You heard it first here. Barley, animal food. I don't know what to tell you. Barley's supposed to be animal food. <laughs> Cholent's animal food. If you... Cholent's animal food. Yeah. We have some Spartan in the room. Cholent's animal food. <laughs> anyway, so the barley is an animal food. Why do we have her bring a carbon made of animal fodder? And the answer is because she did something animalistic. She, asked, she acted like an animal, and therefore the carbon she brings is going to be the food that comes from an animal. Tanya, says in the He said to the Chachamim, Seifrim, listen up. Leave me alone for one minute, and I am going to darshan this perfectly which is just a weird lushan. He's about to give a drasha, but he opens his drasha by saying, everybody leave me alone for a second. Wait one moment. I am going to wow you. So there's a couple commentaries on this, Minchemer. Tesis says that he doesn't know what Minchemer means. Tesis gives three possibilities. One is that it's like a pearl. I'm going to darshan this like a pearl. Another one is I'm going to darshan it like a fine perfume. The other one is I'm going to darshan it like a very well-darshaned action, like a maisa, like something somebody does. So Tesis gives three possibilities what Minchemer means. Whenever I see the translations, they always seem to go with the pearl one. So I'm going to darshan this like a pearl. Why does it need to be left alone. The Ben Yadda says, even if you don't agree with me, at least listen to me because I'm about to say something beautiful. That's how the Ben Yadda understands it. Is that I know what I'm going to say could have some holes you could poke in it, and I know that there's going to be, by the way, this happens to every good darshan has this problem. Anybody who gives a good drasha, if they're, if something that they may want to say to their audience, and oftentimes they have to say to their audience, is listen up. I know what I'm saying has got some flaws. I know you can poke holes in it. I know you're a chacham. But the truth is, I have a powerful message to tell you that's very beautiful. Listen to the message. Don't poke your holes till the end. Please save all comments until the end of the pretty drasha. That's how the Ben understands this statement. He goes, I know that what I'm going to say is a little bit flawed, but I also know it's a good drusha, so let me finish, and then attack me. That's what, uh, that's what the Ben Yadda understands. So let's see what he's saying that's so controversial. He heard a mayor say the following. 
He actually, he, 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 he oh, that's a word. She fed him. She fed him all of the delights of the world. Therefore, she, when she brings a carbon, brings animal food. Rabbi Gamaliel said to him, That works if she was rich. If she's poor, what are you going to say? Okay, so I'm reading quickly. Let me uh, slow down. Remeir had had a different drasha. Remeir's drasha was not minchemer. It wasn't like a pearl. Remeir had a drasha. Remeir's drasha was, Why are we having her feed animal food to Hashem? Because she fed really nice food to the guy who she wanted to be with. Says Rebbe Gamliel, who says she has nice food. What, there are no poor zenas out there? There's no poor women who do the wrong thing? Maybe she had bad food. You can't make such an assumption. Now, the Ben Yadda adds that the reason why they were going to attack Rebbe Gamliel is because what he says has the same problem. So Rebbe Gamliel knocks Rebbe Meir's drasha down, and then he brings his own drasha, and his drasha also has problems. So Rebbe Gamliel's drasha, So then he says, no, it's because since she did an animalistic thing, so too she offers an animalistic carbon. How could you knock that one down? Anybody? Because he's worried people are going to jump down his throat just like he jumped down Rebbe Meir's throat. Let's why, do it. Why is she giving uh, an animal food? She did that, but she should be fed. It's not the direction the Ben Yadda goes. He says, uh, who says she did it? She Who's right? Exactly. Who said that? Who just said that? It was correct. No, whoever said it was correct. Meshav Elzer said it. That's, that's what the Ben Yadda says. Mechav the Ben Yadda. She did something that wasn't so great, but says the Ben Yadda, Avdaka, she did Maisa Behema. Avdaka, she did Maisa Behema. I think we're all biased by... I think we're biased by the Rebbe Sicha on this, by the way, because the Rebbe Sicha p- p- pushes up the fact that the famous Sicha about the... I'll talk about it in a second. The, the Afer and Afer. We're biased. Anyway, Meshabel... Look. Taniyach Adiyan, Al Darsha Kamin Chaymer. Right, right, right. That's, I think we're biased by the Rebbe Sicha. Meshe Belzer is saying something that is exactly what Ben Yadda says, though. Ben Yadda says that, uh, that there's also a problem with Rebbe Gamaliel's drasha, and that is that who says she did Maise Behemoth? So Rebbe Gamaliel goes, before you attack me, let me give my drasha, and then you can attack me. So now we've done it. Okay. Let's pause here for... No, let's do this last line, because I'll get to Nun Vav, we'll do a little chassidus, and then we'll call it a day. Oh, it's so late already. Hang on. Conditional offering. We'll do this price because let's finish Nun Hey and then um, There are three things that need to be seen when you offer them. They need to be seen. You need to be able to see the Afar, the dirt, on top of the Saita's offering. Not the Saita's offering, on top of her water that she drinks. She drinks this Sota water that's this potion. It has God's name mixed up in it. It's got Mayim Chaim in it and it also has some dirt from the bottom of the base of Mikdash in it. So you have to be able to see the dirt on top. Afer Para, you have to be able to see the Afer Para, that is the, uh, the ashes of the Para Duma that's sprinkled on top of the Mayim Chaim as well. See the spit of the Yavama. When Yavama is going to spit as part of the Chalitza ceremony to get out of the Yibum, you have to be able to see the spit. And by the way, if you ever if you ever visit a Bezdin where they have like an actual building for the Bezdin, you can see that in Bezdin, most of them they have a separate room special for Chalitza ceremonies. A lot of them have a shoe set aside for it because there's very special denim in the shoe. And there's usually an area with like a drain and a sort of slant because they have to see the spit and no one wants to have to deal with the spit afterwards. There's like a little spit area for the woman to spit. And a lot of Batadinim, they have things very well set up for Chalitza. Rahman no one should ever need to use it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> if there's ever one, I'm gonna go. I mean, <laughs> don't want to miss the next chalitza. But let's hope there's another. Let's hope there's no. There's no more. Uh, no more of those. And he says also the dam tiper needs to be seen. I wanted to do a little chassidus tonight. Let's just do one, even though we're way over time, just to fulfill our uh, our, our need for chassidus. 
He says that the Minchas Emer is essentially the same as the Minchas Seita, has all the same rules. And yet we don't say any nasty things about the Minchas Emer. No one says, you know, the Jewish people are bringing a carbon Emer. Why? Because we don't say it's because we acted like animals that were bringing a carbon Emer. Yet we do that one also with barley. And it has a lot of similarities. We do have, we do have oil in Levena, but at least in a lot of ways it looks like the Minchas Seita. Says the Tamach Tzedek that the Minchas Emer should be conceptually thought of as the Mincha offering theoretically of a woman who didn't do an Avera. Levi's Saita offering. That is, Levi said, what about a woman who does this because she wants to get the bracha, not because she wants to do anything wrong? I'm going to call that Levi's Saita. So Levi's version of the Saita of the Mincha Saita, Levi's Mincha, uh, that's what it's being called this year, Levi's Mincha. Levi's Mincha, in theory, would be just like the Mincha Seimer. That is, that it deserves to have the Levena and it deserves to have the oil on top of it, but it's still going to be Macha Behema because it still involves some Avera Bedakos. He says, and since the Jewish people, when they offer the Omer, they might have some Avera's Bedakos, they don't have any real big Averas. They haven't done terrible things in that room. They haven't betrayed Hashem. But certainly they have problems with Dakos. He lists a couple that uh, when people get angry, it's like worshiping idols. He says when someone learns Terah to the Prakim, they only learn Terah occasionally. It's like being with a Zaina. He brings a couple places where we do things that are, you know, Bidakos. We have our problems as the Jewish people. That is the minchas that we're offering. That's our Saita. That's the Saita of the woman who's looking for a Bracha. And indeed, when she offers that Mincha Saita, she gets a Bracha of Niksav and Azara. The Rebbe has a Sikha, Teres Menachem, volume 28, page 95. We'll end with that. He says, the shaykhs from Sviras Ha'emer to Saita is explained in the Zayar based on our Gemara right here. And the Indian is, that Keshem Shem Minchas Saita, Tarech Lies, Tchila Hatara, Vira Kolas Vekas, the same way by Minchas Saita, before we're able to do anything, we need to make sure that she's completely innocent. And only after that can she rejoin her husband. So the same thing applies to the Minchas Emer, which is offered at the end of the 49 days of Svira. This is also where the, the status of the Jewish people is clarified. And that brings the Jewish people and Hashem into the room together. So the reason why these two Minchas look so similar is because they actually are accomplishing a similar goal. You get that a little bit from a Tamach Tzedek and a lot from the Sitzchah from the Rebbe that both are having a sort of beer over the Jewish people to decide whether we're worthy of having yichud with Hashem. And indeed, at the end of the day, we are worthy of every single bracha. Thank you, and I'm so sorry for the length. Oh, long one tonight.